morning. The psalmist David, I think, knew a little bit about what he what we feel, and he captured that emotion with Psalm 122, when he says these words, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me. Now, I got to tell you, my emotions have been pretty well to the extremes. I mean, I was glad we were together, things were going well, we were enjoying worship, and then we weren't together, just boom, one week, when you're not together. And then I was sad. And then after a while, I, I got mad. I got to be honest with you. It's like, come on. We can, you know, this, we can fix this thing. We can do this. And uh, I didn't get bad. I got mad, but I didn't get bad. I, I, I just, Lord knew what he was doing. And now I'm glad again. We just kind of run the full circle. I'm glad that they said we can go to the house of the Lord. I was glad that uh, you decided to come. And when I saw, got here this morning and, and saw people starting to come in and, and some already here, I was very glad. Now remember, for those of you who've been watching the uh, messages online, uh, I began a series several weeks ago called Moving Forward or Moving Up to Worship. And it was through these psalms or what are called songs of ascent. And it was the journeying psalms, it was the chants, it was the prayers that people would pray when they were heading toward Jerusalem for a festival time, a time for feast, a time for a spiritual significance. Some of you might understand it better if I put it in the context rather than a feast, a camp meeting or some jubilee time what you were going to in your life, a special event, and you kind of start planning in advance and you look forward and then it gets a little close and you start saying, God, prepare my heart and get me ready. And we, we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. Well, finally, the time has come and it's time to be at the house of the Lord. It's time to be at that spiritual event. And David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, old Jerusalem. We've arrived. We're here. We're together. Old Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to the testimony, notice the capital T, to the testimony of Israel, and to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And then he says, pray for the peace of Israel or Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and my companions, I will now say peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now I know Jerusalem was a really big deal for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel. And getting to visit there for an event or an occasion was something that was a highlight that they looked forward to. And I pray that we identify. We were having a conversation on the way over today. And uh, Debbie, I said, we could have stopped by and picked up Ty, our grandson, he's six. She said, you know, Ty doesn't, he doesn't look forward to church kind of like we do. I mean, you, you say to Ty, it's church day, and he goes, oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. He's just not there yet. And I think, if we're not careful through the course of our lives, we can develop this, oh man, Sunday again? I gotta get up, I gotta be at church to save face. 
you know, make sure the preacher likes me and make sure the congregation still thinks I'm praying and, and doing my spiritual stuff. And I hope that's not our attitude as we came to the house of the Lord this morning. Why? This is a fresh event. I'm glad that we're together this morning. I'm, I've been looking forward to being together. And I, I pray that every time we come together, now we realize not to take it for granted. Let's come ready. Let's come in tune, ready to worship the Lord. Look forward to it with gladness. And let's look at some reasons why the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me and see if it tracks with us. First of all, the house of the Lord is a place of togetherness or community. He says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Don't go alone. We've been here. A couple times that we've been here, we preached and we went home. A couple times that we were here, God settled in where just two or three of us were here. And we sensed his help and his blessing and his presence. And, but I got to tell you something. It's a whole lot better to have people. I've been a pastor for a while, and can I tell you something? Going to church can be scary when you're by yourself. I, I, there's something about church buildings. They seem to creak more. <laughs> you know, you hear noises. You hear doors slamming. Like, what in the world's going on? I'm the only one here. I remember one occasion. Debbie and I had driven by our church where we were pastoring in Spartanburg, and we drove by around... And when I turned to go into the parking lot, I noticed there was this old truck sitting there, and the hood was raised, and it had a, like a camper shell on the back, and the windows were knocked out of the thing, and it, it hadn't had a bath in numerous years. And this, this old truck was sitting there right in our church parking lot. And I thought, what is that doing here? So I drove around the building. Everything looked in order until I came around the backside, back about where that truck was parked. And there was an entrance into the choir rooms and then up onto the platform. That door was ajar about that far. And the, and the stopper was down holding that door open. And there was a man out there by that truck in the yard when I pulled in. Well, he was gone when I got around. And there was the door ajar. I said, oh boy. Being the great American citizen that I was, I pulled out my concealed weapon and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I gotta fix this, man. Debbie was in the car, I said, baby, you sit here with your phone ready to call 911 in case I need some help. And I went in and I pushed open that door and I went walking back through. I, you know, I'm doing it up. <laughs> I'm ready, you know, I'm ready. So I, open the choir room door and I walk out into the sanctuary and I look in the choir loft, I look in the other room on the other side and I'll get down on the floor and I'm looking under the pews, you know, I'm, oh, this thing is going to drive me crazy. Anyway, that's, yeah, you'll get the story later. Um, something like that kind of happens. So I'm walking back through, I go back through the foyer, down through the Sunday school wing and, uh, man, I'm, I'm nobody. That door was ajar. So I went back and I checked the other back door. It was locked securely, no, no problem. I come back down toward a large adult Sunday school class. And I'm walking up this hall. <laughs> you know, 
The man has to be in there. I mean, he has to be, right? Who opened the door? I walked past the ladies' bathroom. And just as I got there, the soap dispenser fell off the wall. <laughs> Boom! I turned that gun, man. I was ready. To, I, it's, I'm just fortunate that I didn't have my hand on the trigger because I literally would have shot a hole in the wall in the church. And how are you going to explain that, you know? I turned, I walked in, and it had two-sided tape on it, and the tape had just at that moment. Now, I think an angel, God sent an angel down there and said, watch this, knock that thing off the wall right now, and we'll get this preacher. <laughs> I, I turned, I went, then I started laughing at myself, because here I was, James bonding it all the way through the church, trying to find out where this guy was. And I walked back out that same door that was ajar, and Debbie said, he's right over there. He's working on that house across the street, you know. He was literally working on the house across the street and had just chosen to park in the church parking lot. Evidently, somebody had just left that door ajar on Sunday when the choir had exited from practice. Wow. Let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't, I don't like to come to the house of the Lord alone. Now, I've done it. I've been there late nights many times, but... Sure as you do, the soap dispenser is going to fall off the wall and scare you to death. The house of the Lord is a place to gather together. It's where we come. Let us come to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, he says, is a city that is compact together. And it's referring not so much to just the physical buildings of Jerusalem, though they were tightly compacted. But it's talking about the spiritual connection or the unity of the worshipers as they come to the city. Church is for fellowship. It is. Now, that's, there are a number of reasons why the church exists, but this psalm highlights the fact that church is about coming together and being together, fellowship or togetherness. Another song of ascent, Psalm 133, says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. I don't like this distancing. I don't like this separation. I understand it, but I don't like it. Then in that Psalm 133, he gives us the analogy of an abundant anointing with oil for service. We come together for, to serve one another. Church is not just about you, but it is about you. It's about us. And we come together. And just seeing you here this morning has lifted my spirit. We come together to serve together. He talks about the anointing of Aaron. And then he alludes to the drenching dews of Hermon. It was a place that was known for its heavy dew and, and its lush life for refreshing and renewing of life. Being together with God's people is important. It's significant. So don't take it for granted. Then he addresses the command blessings of the Lord God connected with togetherness. He said that, that brings life evermore. God's commanded this blessing of unity and coming together. So I'm glad that we're together this morning. It's important for me to see you. And even though you got to look at this, it's important for you to see me. It's important for us to be together in the house of the Lord. Hebrews 10, we all love to quote this one, don't we? 1024, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Why do we come together? To stir one another up. 
Now, I've been in some churches. I better just go on. I've been in some churches where there were people there, and all they wanted to do was stir stuff up. Don't just stir stuff up. Stir up love and good works. Right? Coming together to stir up love. It's so hard, Jimmy said, and I agree with you, bro. It's so hard not to just grab you and give you a hug. At least a handshake for crying out loud. We ain't athletes. We ain't supposed to be fist bumping. You know? We're supposed to be hugging and celebrating. It's hard. I understand that. We're together, compact together. But the important thing is that we are together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, the habit of some is. But exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day, capital D, the day approaching. Let me ask you a few questions from this verse. How many of you think the day of Christ's coming is approaching? Anybody say amen? Just watch the news and read the Bible. The day. I don't know all that's involved. I'm not a prophetic scholar, but I'm telling you this. Something's gearing up to happen, and the Lord's got his hand all in it. He's preparing us for the coming of the Lord. How many of us from these verses understand that coming to church and being together is in order to stir up love and good works and exhort one another, encourage one another? And how many of us are truly glad to be with God's family? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because church is about more than just fellowship. It's also about family. He said, where the tribes go up. Verse 4, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. That's talking about each individual family coming together. So that my family gets acquainted with your family and we become one big family. The tribes blend together in the house of the Lord. Church should be about the family of faith coming together and increasing in their relationships and functioning as the body of Christ to build up the kingdom. But it's also about my family and your family getting to know one another, carry one another's burdens. Hmm. Some parents... Let their kids decide whether they want to go to the house of the Lord. No. No, it's not their choice. You take them. I honestly thought I lived at the church and we just visited our house when I was a kid growing up. I mean, that's my daddy. He wasn't the pastor. He was a layperson. He worked at General Motors. But he had a key. <laughs> and he'd say, son, let's go. We're going over to the church. Well, what are we going to do to the church? We're just going to check on stuff. What do you mean check on stuff? We're going to the church. He felt that his responsibility to the body of Christ to just make sure that nobody had broken a window or, you know, tried to break in or messed with the air conditioner and it was so hot nobody could breathe. He, he, he tried to just monitor things. Not in a controlling, manipulative way, but in a way that he cared for the body of Christ. My family, their family. Thirdly, Church is about, the house of the Lord is about faith. He said the testimony of Israel. Now just to read through that, read over it, we may not catch the meaning. But the testimony of Israel, in Exodus 16, 34, there's a reference to the Ark of the Covenant as the testimony of Israel because it contained the commandments, the word 
of the Lord, the foundation of faith. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is about coming together to study the word of God, the testimony of Israel, and then to give thanks to the name of the Lord, God's precepts. And that ties into the next point. The house of the Lord is a place of truth. It's a place of truth. It's a place of connection. God's testimony, God's principles, God's precepts are to be proclaimed. The testimony of Israel. He speaks of thrones for judgment in the house of the Lord. People say, you're not supposed to judge in the house of the Lord. I agree with that. But we are supposed to clearly proclaim the word of God, which sometimes will feel like judgment. Why? Because we're not living by it. The only way the word of God would ever offend us is if we're not living according to it. But when the word of God is preached and proclaimed and we're living right, we can just say, right, amen, that's right, isn't that right, John? We can just say it. Give glory to the Lord. Why? Because that makes sense to me. My life has found that to be meaningful. My life has found those truths to be productive in me. God's testimony. To fully engage in truth, there will be times of revelation. There will be times of conviction. There will be times when the Holy Spirit pulls the cover off our heart and lets us see ourselves for who we really are. And it hurts. And we feel judged. But when it's the Word of God, we also feel loved and strengthened and enabled to walk according to His will and to His purpose. Not only is His truth to be proclaimed, but His name is to be praised, he said, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. The house of the Lord is where God's word is proclaimed. Some would have us believe that when God's word is preached, it's always going to cause us to repent. It's always going to be. I've watched a lot of YouTube preachers <laughs> during this virus. I mean, it's like Sundays, what are you going to do? You're just going to see how many preachers there are. And there are so many preachers who say, you're not preaching the full counsel of God if you're not beating people up and half killing them with the word of God, taking the sword and just chopping their head off. Let me tell you something. Some of the greatest messages that I have ever heard have lifted me in my spirit into the presence of God until there was something within me that just was drawn out to give praise and thanks to his name because the word of God was being proclaimed. It's important. There's a balance in the proclamation of truth. There's times when we need to be blistered. And there's times when we need to be blessed. There's times when we need to be confronted. And there's times when we need to be comforted. Times when we need to be convicted. And other times when we need to be confirmed in our salvation. Times when we should repent. And times when we should rejoice. And it all happens around the proclamation of his truth. God's truth prompts us to praise him. Good balance between the word and worship. That's what our church, every church, needs to experience. Thirdly, the house of the Lord is a place of tranquility. 
He said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Again, referring to Jerusalem, but also synonymous with the house of the Lord. He said, pray for these things. Pray in a physical sense for the city of Jerusalem. Pray in a spiritual sense for the peace of your local house of the Lord. God bless our church with the peace of your presence overshadowing us, guiding us. He talks of our walls. There's peace within our churches, our spiritual Jerusalem, our house of the Lord. And he says, pray for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. One way we can make for peace is to pray for peace. Those who pray for peace. Prosperity, secondly, within our homes. I think it's important for us to understand he doesn't tell us to pray for prosperity. He said when you pray for peace and you live that way, that's a, that's a prosperous event in your life. It's better for us to be peaceful than prosperous. Prosperity shouldn't be the goal of our prayers, but peace should be. God, make me a peaceful person. Listen, if it weren't coronavirus, now it's racial rioting. If ever our world needs people of peace, it's today. We need to be people who don't just talk about peace. We go out of our way to help accentuate peace. Lord, help us as your people, if I see so much anger on so many sides. I don't know if you are on social media. I, I, I just, I've gotten to where I won't watch the news. And I'm almost to the point where I won't even look at social media anymore. Because I don't care what side of any issue a person is on. There tends to be just this rabid ability to tear down something. We're just mad all the time. And I'm not that way. One reason I don't watch the news, because I'm tired of being mad. I, I, I don't want to hear all that stuff. Why do you not, why didn't you like my post? I, I have a friend, one of my best friends in the whole world. Why didn't you like my post on Facebook? Because I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't need your opinion. I know where you stand. I know who you are. And I don't need for you to give me one more time your theories and opinions. And I don't need that. I don't want to go in there. Prosperity within our homes. It's better to have peace with spiritual riches than chaos with material wealth. Spiritual riches that come from us living lives of peace. Romans says, for as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Far as it matters and what you put into the conversation, what you put into the relationship, live at peace with everybody. Why? Because peace in and of itself, is prosperity. 
it makes us prosperous in our spirit. Well, I got to sum it up. Let me sum it up this way. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because I knew I was going to get to be with you. There's going to be connection. There's going to be family togetherness. I was glad because I knew I was going to get an opportunity to actually look you in the eye then trust that you were sitting on your sofa not falling asleep while I'm trying to preach to you. Here I can throw something at you if I see you sleeping, you know. We got our bouncer back there, Cliff, and just, Cliff, flip that person on the ear, wake them up, you know. <laughs> I knew that we were going to be together and I have the privilege, and it is a privilege. Please don't think that I take for granted your willingness to hear me preach. I don't. I want to say what God wants us to hear. I want it to be important. I want it to be valuable. I want it to be life-affirming for us. And sometimes you'll leave going, man, he, he must hate us. I don't hate you. If I hated you, I wouldn't tell you the truth. But there will be times when God's word will cut cross grain with the way we're living. We don't change the word of God. We change the way our life is going. But there, I pray, will be other times where we've been in his presence looking at his word. And he has filled us fresh and new with a resolve to worship him and to walk with him. I was glad. I want to close this way. Debbie, would you go to the piano? And I just want you to bow your heads. Because let me tell you what happens. Sometimes during these pandemics, sometimes during these times of quarantine, these times of solitude, we do, we're forced to do what we otherwise might not do, and that is be still. The psalmist said, be still. And in being still and quiet, you'll know that I am God. And maybe during this time, you've talked to God. You might have even said, Lord, I've taken for granted the privilege of being in your house. I've not always availed myself to the opportunity. When I, when I felt like it, I just kind of said, I don't really feel like it because it wasn't what I wanted to do. And you've been talking to God and God's been talking to you during this time. If that's the case, I want to give you an opportunity before we go home. You're welcome to pray at the altar. I'm sure it's sanitized, hadn't been used for a while. But you're welcome to pray right there where you're seated. She's going to play. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others, you're calling. Don't, don't pass me by. Lord, hear my heart. Hear the cry of my soul. I want to be close to you. I want to be closer today than I've ever been. I, I want to walk in your word. I want to worship in your presence. I want my life to be a life of peace so that I can experience the prosperity of your blessing in my life. Oh, I was glad. I'm so glad. Let's go to the house of the Lord.
just the chorus. We'll pull up. Savior, Savior. Thank you, God. Thank you for letting us be in your house. I know you're as real in our home as you are in, our, in your house. I know you're as real in our heart as you are in your church. I also know that when you're in my heart, but I'm not with these people, I'm not with your people, I miss something. And I thank you that you let us be together today in your house. Don't let us take it for granted. Tune our hearts to be in tune with your spirit, to sing your praise when we come back together again at our next appointed time. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Great to see you. A hug, just, just a big invisible hug here. There's a group hug there. Thank you. God bless you.